Um, so thank you for being here today, though. Uh, we do have a purpose of gathering so that we, we can grow. God is designed for us to grow when we come together. And so um, that's what our time right now is about. I, I encourage, you know, there's something that I, I really desire is, uh, um, is, is, is for there not to be a, the, the time that we've had up to this point isn't preparation for where we're going right now. What we're doing right now is a continuation of where we've been. Uh, I, I, would, I would like for us to, to be in a, in a position to worship God in the reception of his word. So, you know, you can sing a song. There's a lot of different forms of worship. And, and the, some of the best ones are the ones where we're responding to what God says, receiving what he says, and putting it, making it applicable in our lives. So I, um, I have something I want to share this morning. You know, I, I just... Uh, I get a word, God will give me just something that I feel like we need to move towards. And it's funny, you can, you can say, God, I'm open to anything else, but nothing else comes. So you, you put a draw on that. I want to talk today about uh, the ministry of the Spirit. So we are, we are a church, we believe in the fullness of the Spirit. Everything that God, you know, provided for us in Christ. You know, I was, I was reading about this because I was... Um, you know, you can go on, on Google and you can search, you know, different stuff to just get some input on different things. And, and uh, it's interesting how, how some people believe that, that the, the gifts of the Spirit, some of the things that have taken place in the Spirit, ha- have somehow uh, passed away already. You know, and they're already over with. And, and it's interesting, you know, when you, when you look about, and I'm going to talk about the, the, the purpose of the Spirit in our life, you know... Being full of the Spirit was something that, that uh, happened actually in the Old Testament quite a bit. You know, Saul was full of the Spirit. You know, and he prophesied. You know, there was, it, the Holy Spirit has been, is now, and will always be a part of the Godhead. You know, and he doesn't, he doesn't lay down his tools just because uh, we think he does, you know. Um, he wants to be involved in our lives in, in a great way. He wants to minister as a helper unto us. And so I'm going to, I started to dive into the, to the deep end on this and I thought, you know what, let's talk, start in the shallow a little bit uh, because there is so much here. I might, I might want to continue with it going beyond uh, today, but uh, there is a, there is a necessity of understanding what's taken place for each one of us in Christ, we something changed when Jesus rose from the grave. That we now have newness of life. We can walk in the Spirit continually. But it's, I was thinking about it this way because I, I like, I, I love music. And um, uh, it's amazing to me, you know, my son was just showing me the, <laughs> a couple nights ago. There's some amazing musicians, and they keep coming up with, with different techniques and stuff. Man, there's this young guy. He looks like he's in his 20s maybe. Man, he's, he's doing all the drums and everything else and, and playing, playing rock and roll. Uh, you know, his, it's just him playing, you know, and he's doing all these amazing things. Uh, and you hear people doing similar stuff, but it's like how incredible that is what he's doing. He's producing something that makes me go, wow, and, and really uh, it's like my guitar teacher in college. He said, "You know, it, all music is glorifying God. 
Now, you might say, well, <laughs> you know, some, some, but, but a gift is being displayed even when it's for the wrong purpose. He liked Elvis Presley a lot. And that's like, I, I couldn't get on board with that too much. I don't know. I, I've never really been, liked him that much. But, but anytime somebody is taking what they've been given and it's, and it's producing something that moves you in his creativity, it's, it's like, wow, that's amazing. So I was thinking about it this way, though, because this guy that, that Hayden showed me, you know, Mo, Mozart's one of the great, you know, you know, composers of all time, you know. And, and, and from the, the, the moment they, they were born, the moment they took their first breath, the ability to do what they would eventually do was already inside of them. They were already complete in a potential that required development. So it's not enough to just get born, <laughs> Right? Actually, there's hope for all of us in this to some extent. But, but how many Mozarts never became, you know, imparted any of their things? How, how much in us is, is yet to be seen, you know? Now, I'm not, I'm not going to the natural realm that much today, but, but I see that, that we've been born again in Christ. But, you know... <laughs> There is potential from, we don't have to wait till heaven for there to be a realization of what salvation is. Salvation is, the, is something we've been given just as if we've been born out of the womb. We, we are, we're complete in everything that, that God is, is empowered inside of us, but there's a need to grow. There's a need to develop. And this need, you know, I was thinking about it this way because, you know, you can, um, uh, <laughs> actually, Erica's son is, is really great guitar player, you know, and not to come against anything, but, but I heard something said the other night that he's a self-taught musician and, and you know, that, that's, that she's probably never had like a tutor or something like that, but he's heard a lot of stuff. There's somebody that's gone before that has allowed us to even be aware of different ways of doing things. For the, the gifts that are in us in the natural realm to develop, there's going to have to be exposure to somebody that's going to help them to be developed. Does that make sense? And so there's a need. You know, I, uh, it's like I've, I've said this a few times, but I went to college and studied, you know, and, and I had to take a lot of classes I wouldn't have taken otherwise, but I had to, you know. I had to I had to sing in choir, and actually that was that was something I wouldn't have chosen, but I had to, you know. And uh, I probably got some of the best stuff, you know, uh, that I've applied from having to sit there and in, in, in choir, you know, every week um, with all these vocal majors and stuff. Um, but there's in the exposure to somebody who's going to help you in the development of a something that's already there but it needs to grow. We need help. And the more you avail yourself, you know, I said, how many Mozarts haven't, we haven't heard? How many uh, amazing musicians have never developed because they haven't submitted to the help that would take them there? <laughs> so I want to look at the Holy Spirit in, in, this, 
in this regard that the most precious thing that we have in Christ isn't some extravagant, because we can do this, and I believe, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for the glory of God, and I believe we had it here this morning. Amen? Did you encounter the presence of God? I mean, it's just amazing how wonderful he is. And, and, and you know, you can laugh or you can, you know, <laughs> or you can tell on yourself or whatever comes out of that, you know. But, but the, the Holy Spirit isn't just meant for us to say, wow. The Holy Spirit isn't just meant for, for us to um, be impressed with some kind of work. You know, really, as Christians, we shouldn't require uh, any more things to help us to believe. You know what I mean? We believe because we're a new creation in Christ. We're the sons and the daughters of the Almighty God, and we can go right boldly into his presence by the blood of Jesus and see him and behold him. But what is the purpose for the Holy Spirit? And he's going to do a lot of other things. He's going to, man, I just hate, I hate putting the Holy Spirit in a box, you know? Some people have told me that, that I, you know, you're, you're told that, no, you, you can't just speak in tongues anytime. It's only meant for this. You know, you got to put it in a box. And the Holy Spirit, man, he, he, he is so widely able in so many different ways to accomplish a purpose. Amen? And the only restriction is, is, is our accessing what he is desiring to do, his purpose. So I want to look at the ministry of the Spirit, though, with regard to this development of this new creature that we've been made to be in Christ. This is no small thing. This is not something that we do on our own. <laughs> when, I, when I learned the guitar, I was a little bit self-taught until I got you know, some input that helped me find out that maybe what I was doing was not right. And it's not enough to just get the information. It's, it's not enough, you know, uh, to just hear a sermon about what you're not supposed to do or, or what you're supposed to do. It's, and we talked about this last what week, didn't we? We talked, it, it's the what versus the who. It, it, it's, not about, it's not about what you're doing. <laughs> well, it, it will be evidenced in what you do. But what has to change is this identity of who we are in Christ and we cannot do it alone. It's not just about information. It's going to be a, 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 about a transformation that takes place in this spiritual realm. It's our spirit being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that's come to minister life to us. Amen? So I'm, I'm calling this the ministry of the Spirit. And like I said, we can look at some things going forward. But um, let me get this where I can see it. All right. So like I said, Colossians 2, 9 through 10. Now, I wasn't just spouting that stuff off about being complete in Christ <laughs> because I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> it's actually coming from Colossians here. Aren't you glad for that? I'm so thankful that I don't have to just come up with ideas on my own. You know, God gives you one word, and then you get into the word of God, and you find out, wow. <laughs> I just thought it was like a little. No, there's so much there. Amen? But this is, Colossians 2, 9 says, 
For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What is the Godhead? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of it is in him. Right? But it doesn't stop there. It says, and you are complete in him. There's a necessity of of understanding that we aren't trying to acquire anything that we don't already have. We are already complete in Christ. But it's just like that baby coming out of the womb. There is a need for what is there to become experienced. To become life to us. Amen? Actually, this will give hope to you if you've been wondering if this is it already, right? <laughs> no. The fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Christ. And when we get in Christ, we are made to be complete in him. But that's a beginning. That's a start. Right? Who is the head of all principality and power? This is who we've been made to be. This is who we've been born to be. And man, there is some potential before us that only requires help in its development. Amen? The Holy Spirit isn't just an encounter so we can get goosebumps. It's like my, it's like my brother-in-law said, on my legs, my leg hair stood up. You know, it's like, it's supposed to be on the back of your neck, right? <laughs> that made the hair stand up on my leg. Anyway, I thought that's funny. All right. <laughs> it's not just about a good feeling. It's not just about, you know, it's about transformation of our perception of us that will enable the growth from a baby in Christ to one who is mature. And it will directly affect the most important part of who we've been made to be in Christ. So we'll we'll look at some of this, all right? The necessity of maturity is where childish things are set aside. So we go to the love chapter, right? And this refers to this need for for we've already been made to be complete, but there's a need for us to do what? To put away childish things. How many know somebody that might have gray on their hair? Actually, JT might be an example. Can I use you as an example? <laughs> Sometimes JT just displays some childish things that are actually very wonderful. <laughs> no, he's just ordinary. But you, you, no, and I love him. I love I love what he does because it, it, it's just very it's it's very precious. But <laughs> but my point is. <laughs> Getting older in age does not equate with becoming, putting childish things away. You know what I'm saying? And just because, you know, I, just because you can stand up and just say, I've been living my whole life with the Lord, you know. You know, <laughs> that's not much of a testimony if you're still talking baby talk, you know. <laughs> if you still haven't put away some childish things. So, it's, it's going to be evidenced in, in love itself. And so that's why this chapter talks about this. But, but what I want to see here is there's a need. You know, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 
he's talking to Christians here, isn't he? He's not saying you're already fully. Being complete in Christ doesn't mean you're already completely developed in Christ. Right? It means you got all the ingredients there, but there's going to need to be development to its full maturity. There's going to have, there's going to be a need. And partly what I want to see in, in a couple of these passages that we're looking at, how many are really good at putting childish things aside yourself? Sometimes we don't even know. In fact, I, I, would, I would venture to say that JT most of the time doesn't even know he's being childish. No, I'm just kidding. Are you going to love me at the end of this? <laughs> no. All right. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just poking because he knows how to poke himself. So, uh, so, so we're being told here with regard to, to, to love, but just the childish things, that we're supposed to let go of those things. And I would venture to say that just like somebody learning an instrument, they cannot develop it without some help. He doesn't, he's telling us to do something that we cannot do ourselves. Can we kind of concede that? Okay, I'll just, I'll I'll put it back on me, JT. I I, I have a lot of things, and if you were to talk to my kids and my wife, you would find revelation in further um, depth with regard to this, that I still have things that I'm working on. And I'm grateful that, that God's still working in me. Amen? But we have to grow. We have to be open to that. And the only way it's going to be possible is with some help. Okay? Through various roles by the Spirit, there's a need for reaching maturity. And so Ephesians talks about this. And what is he talking about? He said, you know, I've given you ministers. I've given you people. So you might call me a minister, you know, because I'm standing up here ministering, I guess. Uh, Right? (laughs) But there's a, this isn't just, this isn't just me wanting to impart something that's in me. No, there's, there's a work of the spirit that has a very, uh, intentional purpose to be accomplished that God has designed to impart through somebody who will be a minister. So when you say, well, we are made to be ministers of reconciliation, we're made to be ministers of grace, did you know that each one of us are designed, are born Mozarts, Van Halens, whatever you like, you know? <laughs> We are born to not just consume, but to impart. And so Ephesians is talking about this. And what is the purpose of ministry? To produce maturity in us. Okay? Then we will no longer be infants. Tossed back and forth by the, by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So the whole purpose of God putting 
calling people is to not just be a minister of what they think. It's to be a minister of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm desiring right now, and I believe is taking place as we're speaking, is the Holy Spirit right now is hovering over each one of us with a purpose of growing us. And this growth is always going to be related to the, to the reason why Jesus came to make new crea- uh, creatures out of us, and it's love. It always has to do with forgiveness, mercy, grace, right? And these things, you can, you can memorize the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. You can, you can have all the scriptures down pat, but without the Holy Spirit. There is a ministry of the Holy Spirit that takes that child that has been birthed in the love of God and causes them to actually grow up. And what we see here is that it requires not just being alone. You can't grow in love all alone. It requires somebody else. And part of your growing in love is not just what you're receiving, it's what you're imparting, it's what you're sharing. Amen? So we can see that there's a necessity for there to be a growth. What is the purpose of, of the Holy Spirit? And I know this doesn't seem quite as you know, exciting possibly, but for us to just grow in love. And we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's just all pray in tongues for a little while. Then we'll love each other a lot more. JT, pray in the Holy Spirit, and then you'll love me again. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. The Spirit ministers maturing unity and fulfilled purpose. So this this passage is is really kind of interesting. Um, He's talking about the growth of us. What what were the the commands that Jesus had for us that, that... You love the Father, and you love each other. It's a command. How many are totally successful at that? You're totally grown up in that. (laughs) How do you you know when a child is, you know, Braden is so, to me, he's so mature in some ways, and then he'll just say that, he'll just, he'll start crying because he doesn't get his way or something, and it's like, Oh, you're still a child. <laughs> and then I don't get my way and I start crying. <laughs> We're all susceptible to it, aren't we? And I think it's the biggest, the biggest challenge to be totally mature. You become totally First uh, Corinthians 13, where nothing touches you. You don't get offended by anything, you know, and, and you you're a servant, you care, and you're kind, and you're long-suffering, and all those kinds of things. It's like, boy, goodness, I can't do that stuff. Can you do that stuff? I can't, I can't, I can't. I accept by the Holy Spirit. I need the ministry, I need the help of the Holy Spirit for this to even be a, a possibility. Amen? <laughs> Don't tell me that the Holy Spirit is not for me today. Without him, I can't do this. Amen? And the more you realize that, the more it becomes something that you are desperate for the Holy Spirit. Not just, not just 
you know, when everybody else is praying, you kind of mumble along. No, it's like, oh, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you. I require you. This is the most essential thing in my life. It's for me to walk in love. This is the most essential thing is for me to quit being a whamulance Christian, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if God's going to accomplish his pers- purpose, even in America today, the church is going to have to grow up, and it's going to have to be by the Holy Spirit. It's not just going to be by people being philosophical about being a Christian. It's not trying to decide what would Jesus do and then trying with all their might to do that. You know, now this, is, this is a work of the Spirit that requires the ministry of the Holy Spirit for us to do this. Can you see? Partly what I want to get today is, is for there to be an appetite, a, uh, a requirement in us to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. Now, when you think of ministry, and, and I've imparted this to some extent, but there needs to be a recognition of a total inability apart from this. When you get ministered to at the doctor, you go there because you can't take care of it yourself, right? You get, you get touched by something that you are, are requiring for life. So let me read this. Philippians 1, or 2, 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in what? In the Spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, (laughs) if you have any of this, in just a a small amount, you can know that it can grow. (laughs) You can know that this can develop, right? Right? Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in what? And of one mind. Do you remember what the last thing Jesus prayed before he went up to heaven? That we would be one as he is one, right? Being united is something that we cannot do just because it's a good idea. We require the Holy Spirit. I really believe if we can see the the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life in this context, it will be something that that he is is liberated in in this hunger that we have for him to actually begin to do greater and greater works in our life. Amen? <laughs> so, Paul, he said, this, this, this is my, my whole ministry is about this. He said, if you'll read later on in the chapter, I don't know if, if this next passage is what I'm, I'm referring to, but he said, <laughs> he's saying, don't make it to where my whole ministry has been in vain. He he sees this as the culmination of his purpose. He, he, He set his whole life to this. To the Holy Spirit coming in and causing people to grow up to a maturity. This is the this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. By yielding in obedience to the Spirit's direction. So this is just a few verses down here. 
By yielding in obedience to the Spirit's direction, he imparts an awe-inspiring acknowledgement of God's presence. Did we have that this morning? We had an opportunity, didn't we? Now, you can just sit back and say, well, that's a nice song, or you can actually go where the song is meant to take you, right? <laughs> now, watch what this says, because this is an amazing passage, and I, it, it, it can look like it's anti-grace here, but I'd like for us to see it from a different uh, perspective. It says, you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. What, what, what are you obeying? This response to what Jesus has done for us. The, put, the, the receiving of forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. And you begin to impart that just as you've received it. Right? But look what he says here. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It would almost sound like there's something that we have to do to gain salvation. This is not what it's saying. It's saying you already have salvation. But what's it look like for you? <laughs> what kind of experience is your salvation in your life? It does not get past the ministry of the Holy Spirit in imparting an ability to love like you cannot love on your own. So where is the, where is the fear and trembling part of this? And this is, what, this is what the Holy Spirit does for me. This is where the goosebumps on the back of the neck and the legs or wherever they want to jump up, you know, is... is this is where you're actually realizing that this God that you're worshiping is totally overwhelming. He's the great I am. He's the almighty God. He overwhelms in his glory, in his holiness. Now, there's a need for this. Because the salvation that will start to look like a mature Christian in us requires this awe of the presence of God. Now, we can say, for, for this reality of who I am to begin to be worked out, this is not a, an attempt by me to do certain things in myself. This is me going before the presence of God and the salvation that's a reality in me, that I'm already complete in him, it begins to come out, begins to grow. Amen? Because I am so amazed by this work. And again, this next, this next verse, and this, this, this is the key. For it is God who works in you. Amen? That when you go and you become receptive, I believe there's a, a, a necessity of us being receptive and hungry for the Holy Spirit. You know, in the New Testament, they couldn't wait. They said, man, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit yet? Is he working in your life? Because, man, there's something else happens in your awareness of the presence of God that does not get past your hunger and desire for him. Amen? For it is God who works in you to do what? 
Now, you know, I used to, I used to see this to will as, as, as if it's God's will. But the Holy Spirit is, you know, the, the, the thing that, that, that keeps us, if you can get somebody to want something bad enough for their will to get in line with it, you know, this is the thing that sets us apart is, as human beings. And this is why God doesn't just make us do things. He wants our will to be involved. Why? Because love doesn't take place when, when something is forced. Love only takes place when your will is involved. And this thing with love requires our will to get involved. We're going to have to want it. For there to be any display in the things that we could say, you have to do these, you have to do. No, when you, get, when, when you have the Holy Spirit as the minister of this, you're in awe of the presence of God. What's happening? Your heart is being opened up to an effect of your will that begins to align with Almighty God. And once your will is aligned with that, now you cannot help but grow in the display of it. So what does he do? It's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So you say, well, well God's working in me, so what do I have to do with it? No. <laughs> it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and then God is able to work. It's... It's like it doesn't do any good to have a doctor right down the street from you if you never go visit him. You know, we have uh, L.A. Fitness right down the street from us. And I decided to not go there anymore when they um, required certain behaviors. And so, <laughs> it does me no good to have L.A. Fitness right down at the end of my street if I just refuse to go there anymore. We are complete in Christ, but it does no good to be complete in Christ if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in who we are. Amen? All right. So I just want to talk to, 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 to see Jesus' promise of this for us, okay? So what we've seen is that we are born, we've been made complete, well, we must grow and it is not something that we can do without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was completely aware of this. He promised an advocate. So John is, is the gospel that really, where he really displays this. Jesus talks about it the most. But I just want to look at what this advocate word is. Because is, there's different um, meanings of this. Uh, it's somebody that's summoned uh, to, to one side, especially called to one's aid. So Jesus, he's promising. He's saying, you're going to be able to do some things because I'm going to send a helper, an advocate. One who pleads another's cause before a judge. You know, sometimes what we need to know is that we are right in what we are pursuing. We need to know who we are in Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and he takes what's in the word and he causes it to become a rhema in our hearts so that we know that we're a child of God. We don't get that without revelation by the Holy Spirit. 
a pleader, counsel for defense, legal assistant, an advocate, one who pleads another's cause with one, an intercessor of Christ in his exaltation at God's right hand, pleading with God the Father for the pardon of our sins. So, so Jesus himself was an advocate, right? He came on behalf of us, but he said, I'm going to send another advocate. And he's going to be with you all the time. Wouldn't it be nice to just have Jesus with us all the time? And we do. We have him all the time. But it's by the Holy Spirit. There's a need to, to be receptive of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Not just to have it there for us, but for us to access it. Amen? In the widest sense, and I like this, it says, in the widest sense, a helper. And I'm not going to say the next word because last time I did, everybody laughed at me. An aider, an assistant. The Holy Spirit destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father. To lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. The Holy Spirit came to enable us to experience whatever life gives us and to not be a child, but to go through it with maturity. Amen? How many need the Holy Spirit here this morning? So what I want to do is just to go through some of these um, verses that talk about Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. We know we have to have him, but there's a necessity of seeing that Jesus not only knew we would need this help, but he promised the Holy Spirit for us. John 14, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So what's going on around us in the world right now? There's a plethora of ideas coming our way about all kinds of stuff, isn't there? I don't know what just listening to some of this does to you. But man, if I, if I look at a, at a news app or something... Ah, oh, man, I start, I start getting frustrated. Do you, do you get frustrated, you know? <laughs> I, I start thinking, man, I got to do something. I got I to gotta hit somebody in the face. I got to, you know, it's like, I got to take care of this, you know? <laughs> and what is the problem that I'm encountering is it's going contrary to what I see to be truth, to what my spirit knows to be truth, Right? Now, the, the problem with staying in that place is there's no peace. When you're exposed to fallacy, all you can get is frustrated, and you're, there's no solution. So where do we go? Jesus said, I'm going to send an advocate, and he's going to be the spirit of truth. So when you're exposed to fallacy, your spirit gets disrupted, and you are not, you, you go into ambulance mode. You go into baby mode. You go into... You're going to go tell somebody, did you hear this? Did you hear this? You know, and you know what? This is not maturity. Can I not be? All right. 
this is me, you know. <laughs> but can you see what, God wants to take us to a place he said, he's going to be the spirit of truth that will be with you all the time. Why would you choose to expose yourself to other stuff that's taking your peace, taking your joy? We were singing about that this morning, the joy. Where does that come? That comes when you receive of this advocate that Jesus promised us, and he imparts peace to your soul. It is enabled in an atmosphere of love. As amazing as this is, we, if, if we don't operate in the forgiveness and the love of God to this world that's around us right now, what hope do they have? <laughs> it's, it's up to us. Now, this doesn't mean that we just roll over and let everything happen. But what is the condition of our souls in the moment. Either we're growing up in Christ or we're holding on to childish things. And the Holy Spirit will never lead you to hold on to childish things. He'll always lead you to let go of those things and only see through the eye of the Spirit. All right. That was a good one, wasn't it? All right. Teacher, reminder. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes when I'm, when I'm encountering the storm, when I'm encountering <laughs> a temptation to just get caught up in strife and division, I can't even remember what Jesus said. All right, does anybody want to confess with me? All right, <laughs> Daniel will confess. He's, he's in a confess mode here this morning. So. <laughs> but but what, what are we in need of? We're in need of the Holy Spirit to say, ah, let go. It's like Pastor Kim was talking about this one. There's going to need to be a letting go of that thing that will require our helper. Amen. He wants to minister to us because this is where we're weak. And you know, it doesn't matter how strong you were yesterday. Today you are in need of what only he can do for you. Amen? <laughs> Sometimes I've found that <laughs> right after, well, I've seen this a lot, you know, in Holy Ghost services and stuff. It seems like right after is when you get attacked with something, you know? And either... You allow that advocate that's there. He's there for you to help you to grow in that. Every time we're challenged in that, we have an opportunity to grow or to start talking baby talk again, right? And so how wonderful it is that we have this Holy Spirit. But you can see that there's a need to be aware of this need and then not to just do without Go to L.A. Fitness. You'll get a six-pack and your wife will like you a lot better. All right. <laughs> that wasn't a very good example, was it? All right. Imparts revelation of personal experiential knowledge. 
this is an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit knows Jesus, reveals Jesus. This is an experience with the Almighty God, right? <laughs> when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify. How many? You know, I, I gave a little example of a testimony that wasn't necessarily a very good one. But when you, when you give a testimony, what are you, you're, you're giving your personal experience. Your personal encounter. What is the best testimony? I heard about this from somebody else. No, the best testimony is I was there. Right? And what the Holy Spirit does, he's here for us continually. What he does if we allow him, he comes to impart a testimony of the very presence of God. That allows that, allows that same testimony to be us, our testimony, what's coming out of us. Amen? So he says this. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to impart to you the reality of the Almighty God, that you know him. Have you ever done this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'll just give this example real quick. Um, we lived out in, in California for a while, right next to... Uh, uh, Hidden Valley, um, and Hidden Valley in, in, in Thousand Oaks is where there's a lot of movie stars. It's, it's kind of cool because it, it is kind of hidden. You have to know how to get there, and then there's, there's like horse ranches and stuff. And, and I happen to know because I, 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 it was my first worship leader gig, you know, and, and, and I got to do a lot of other things with contractors in the church, and one of them was an electrician. And he knew, he knew uh it was, just a, it was just a normal gate with a dirt road going up from it. But we drove past there and, and um, he said, Tom Selleck lives up that road. And, uh, oh, that's cool. Except for when my parents came. You know, I'm taking them in a van. And we drive by that road and I'm, I'm it's a conversion van. Yeah. It was so that we could travel and minister. So, but, so, so we drive, we drive by. We drive by that dirt road, and I look in the rearview mirror, and a pickup comes out of that gate, starts following us. <laughs> it wasn't a fancy pickup, just a regular pickup. And, it, and, and we're, of course, we're going slow looking at stuff. Well, that pickup's in a hurry. goes around us. It's Tom Selleck and a pickup truck. So, of course, I speed up. To, <laughs> This is the sight we've come to see, you know, at this point. <laughs> and we, we, we get out, getting ready to get on the freeway, and, you know, he's, he's going to turn her eye or something. We pull up next to him, and my dad's taking a picture of him. <laughs> he's right there, you know. It's like, and the weirdest thing, we went to get gas, and I felt like I just had to tell somebody. I just saw Tom Selleck. You must be impressed with me, because I saw Tom Selleck. You know what I mean? <laughs> huh? I, yeah, I even told her that. Isn't that, that's just really silly. And it's like, where did that come from? I like Tom Selleck, but I'm really not that, you know, I'm not sound like I'm a real fan or anything, but it's like, if, if you encounter somebody like that, it's like, you feel like it changes who you are because you saw somebody else, you know? 
But it's not enough to know somebody that saw somebody. You got to know that person yourself. Amen? And what the Holy Spirit comes to do, if we'll let him, it'll be us knowing God. Not just knowing about God or just not telling what Joyce Meyer said about God or, you know... (laughs) As, as wonderful as somebody else's encounter might be, the Holy Spirit comes to say, you get to know God yourself. Yes. And when you do, then you want to go tell somebody at the gas station. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what it says. And you also must testify. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes, he actually imparts an experience with Jesus that you cannot deny And when it's real, you cannot withhold the revelation of that. Amen? This sounds like somebody that's growing up a little bit, right? Important. Okay, can you get just a little bit more? Are you all with me here this morning? This is good, isn't it? Importance of the Spirit's ministry over the physical presence of Jesus. So Jesus said, and again, wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus was here in in his robes, you know, and long hair, and I don't know what else, you know. Isn't it really going to be interesting to see what he actually looked like? (laughs) You (laughs) You would like for him to look a certain way, but, man, he was a Jew. He might have been kind of short. I don't know, you know. (laughs) I don't mean that. Y'all don't think I'm all all right. Oh, oh, all right. No. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I, Jesus is saying, that I am going away. Oh, don't go away, Jesus. Just stay here, right? He said, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He said, this is so important. This is way more important than Jesus in the flesh. You know, don't you like all the stories, you know, about People waking up in the middle of the night, and there was Jesus at the foot of the bed. You know, I think, wow, you are really something. You saw Jesus. Jesus says to you when you're saying that, he said, you are really something because I sent the Holy Spirit to you. And he's with you all the time. Amen? And what is his, what is his ministry to us? To grow us up in love. And so you'll see that We'll get to this later on. But he comes in different forms, speaks through people that we might not other, otherwise, speaks through us in a certain way. Our testimony will be something about the revelation of who Christ is. Amen? If we are to grow, as is our vision, there's a requirement of the Holy Spirit for us to be not just children of God, for us, to, but for us to be walkers in the Spirit. Yes. That we walk in the Spirit. And the things that the flesh would come to do to keep us from being mature. Okay, let me, I got one more here. Zechariah 4, 6. So we, don't you like uh, th- this passage? It talks about um, Zerubbabel, right? He's got a, a mountain that he's going to shout at. And I was thinking about it in this context because 
so many, we, many times we can think about a mountain of financial adversity, a mountain of sickness, a mountain of this. What does God see as the biggest mountains in our life? Maybe he sees things a little bit different than we do. I would, I would think God's, according to what Paul was saying, he said, my joy is complete when you're growing into the maturity of who you are in Christ. Not when financial, all that stuff comes. But you know what? That comes a lot quicker and easier because your faith is risen in, in a maturity that is yielded to the Holy Spirit and actually become obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I wanted to just end this because, you know what? This is not something that God throws us in our lap and says, you better do it or else. No, he says, you need to do this. And not only do you need to do it, you need to grow up in this, but I'm sending the helper. That if you will just yield to him, slam dunk, you will do it. We are all, God didn't make it so some of us could succeed and, and other ones just couldn't. I believe we are all destined to victory in Christ. <laughs> Predestined to victory in Christ. It's only our choice that keeps us from that. So he, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might. It's not the thing that we cannot do in ourselves. It's not by our own power but it's by the Spirit. And this is the Old Testament. And this is the now. And this will be forever. That anything that God's going to grow up in us is going to be by the Spirit. Amen? And what we have in the Holy Ghost, I just want to challenge you in this. This is a ministry that God will come and touch your soul continually throughout the day. If you just, re if you just yield to Him. And there. There is a growth that has no end in this realm. You know how we, we kind of get. My dad was 6'2". And I guess I have more Jewish blood in me. So I'll kind of get back on with it. <laughs> because I, I only got to be 5'10". That was it. And my son comes along. And he just bypasses me and goes right, right to him. So our, our growth in some ways is limited, but, but to grow in Christ has no end. It only has, it's only limited by our perception and our, our constriction of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Amen? I, I love looking at, at the ministry of the Holy Spirit this way because there's, you know, there's, there's gifts and there's other things, but they all have a purpose of growing us up in unity in love. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. How many want that in your life? Amen? Has the Holy Spirit helped you to want this a little bit even more this morning? Man, this is my desire. Let's let Paul's joy, let's let our joy be complete or taken further. Put it that way. Because I, 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 that joy side of it is a continual process. Amen? Let's grow in this. I want the Holy Spirit. And, and I, you know, I, I just challenge you in this. Let's, just, let's don't let a preconceived idea of, of 
uh, of his, of what he's supposed to sound like, what, what he's supposed to, because, you know, I, I've, I've grown up in this, and, and uh, you know, I, sometimes I just sit in the presence of, of, of God and, and to say, God, I, I just don't want to be doing anything just because I, I think it's supposed to be done this way. Help me. Help me for this to be real. Amen.